When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Classic Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast, your go-to destination for timeless laughs and entertainment. Our podcast features the best classic comedy radio shows from the golden age of radio, including iconic programs like The Jack Benny Show, Fibber McGee and Molly, and The Abbott and Costello Show. With our carefully curated collection of episodes, you'll be transported back in time to an era where humor was simple, clever, and truly funny. So, tune in and join us for the nostalgic journey through the world of classic comedy radio. Laugh your way through the past with the Classic Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. The Pepper McGee and Molly Show. Bring you Fibber, McGee, and Molly transcribed. The show is written by Bill Leslie and Ralph Goodman and directed by Max Huckle. Fibber and Molly will be with you in a minute. This is Don Wilson for Tums. <laughs> well, I guess everybody celebrates the new year each in his own way. Maybe you're planning to have friends in for the evening or going to a party, or perhaps you're planning a night on the town. However you celebrate... Don't take a chance on having your evening spoiled by acid indigestion or heartburn. Carry Tums in pocket or purse. Then if acid indigestion should strike as a result of overeating, overindulgence, or too much smoking, you'll be prepared for don't wait relief. No waiting for glasses, spoons, or water. No mixing. You take Tums on the spot, like candy, for safe, fast relief. And since it's the new year, get the convenient economical 12-roll box of Tums for only a dollar. Like getting two extra rolls free. Buy the single roll at 10 cents or the 12 roll box at $1. Get Tums from your druggist now. Tums, America's number one choice for don't wait relief from acid indigestion and heartburn. The big talk around Wistful Vista this week is the New Year's Eve dance and home-baked vaudeville show being thrown at the local elk club. Here's a local elk giving his wife a fast rundown on the situation right now. So I thought to Watson this morning, he's in charge of the entertainment committee for the elk, you know, Watson is. Watson. Yes, so I've heard. They gave it to him because he's the executive type. Got a loud voice, a habit of interrupting people when they're talking, and a talent for getting everybody else to do the dirty work. <laughs> also, he's got the kind of a face that if nothing else works, he can get laughed by just poking it out through the curtains between the acts. <laughs> Well, what did you say to him? What did I say to him? Oh, well, well, Watson, I says, uh, 
I'm a busy man, and I don't have much time for that kind of stuff, but since it's for my brother Elks, I'll do it, so I'm going to do it. Do what? Be in the show that us Elks are putting on at the New Year's Eve party. I'll probably headline the bill. What do you think of that? Well, I think it ought to be fun. You just let me know what you're going to be in the show, and I'll make you a nice costume. No, you don't have to worry about any of that stuff, kiddo. I got everything I need right out here in the living room. In the living room? While you were out talking to the milkman, I brought my old vaudeville trunk down out of the attic. Oh, no. You're not going out on that Elks Club stage and do the... Right. The old act that I and Fred Nittany, the guy that him and I used to have as a vaudeville act together from Star Rock, Illinois, together did in vaudeville. And he and I used to tell them funny jokes, like I'd say to him, I'd say to Fred, how's your brother? And he'd say, not so good. Got his arm broken two places, and I'd say, he ought to stay out of them places. <laughs> Look, dearie, there's a place you should stay out of, too. That's the Elks Club with those jokes. Don't you worry. This is all proven material. Surefire. Oh, my. When I walk out on that stage Thursday night, I'll be the hit of the show. Well, let's argue that later, lover. Right now, I've got to get down to the grocery store. We won't have any dinner. Okay. I'll be back in a few minutes. Don't get into any trouble while I'm gone. What do you mean, trouble? What can happen in a few minutes? That is a very interesting question. One I ask myself every time I go out, and there's always an interesting answer waiting when I get back. Well, you just take your time. All I'm going to do is try on a few of these funny hats in my old vaudeville trunk. Want to see if they still fit me? Be good. I'll be back soon. Okay. Now, there goes a good kid. Wives may come and wives may go, but not my wife. She's afraid to leave me alone for a minute. How can a guy get into any trouble just looking into an old vaudeville trunk? Well, look at this. My old Jimmy Durante nose. Oh, still fits, too. I've got a minute of them. Anyways, there's my old beat-up felt hat that I used to hit Fred over the head with when the joke didn't get a laugh. Ah, oh, those vaudeville days. No, I want to do that. Uh, come in. Hi, mister. Oh, it's you, Tini. I just came out. He did it, didn't he? He went and did it. Who did what? What you talking about, sis? Mr. Howell. Hmm? He did it. He punched you in the nose just like he said he was. It's all swollen. <laughs> no, nobody punched me in the nose, sis. This isn't my nose. See? Just a piece of cardboard. Like a cat. Oh. <laughs> Gee, that's a slow idea, I bet you. I wish I had a hat like that for my nose so it wouldn't get cold. This ain't a beezer bonnet, sis. It's one of the props I used to use when I was in vaudeville. Vaudeville, Haven't you heard of Vaudeville? No. We're only up to Mexico. Our geography class. No, 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 Teeny. Vaudeville ain't a country. It's it's a show. Only, hey, I, I tell you what. You sit right down here and I'll show you what Vaudeville is, okay? Oh, boy. Now, Vaudeville. This will be wonderful, I bet you. Mm-hmm. I got a record here someplace that I and Fred Nitton used to open with. It. Oh, here it is. Let me turn this record player on. Oh, boy. I love shows, mister. You want to have a show. <laughs> no, not yet. Where do I get off stage here to start? You can put the needle on the record when I tell you. I'll come on to the music, you see? Okay? Okay. Ready, on stage? Music. Okay, drop the needle, Keeney. <laughs> Thing happened to me on the way to the theater tonight. A man walked up to me and said, Mister, will you give me a dime for a cup of coffee? And I said, I might. Let's see the coffee. <laughs> Don't you get it, Tinny? I said, it's... What does that mean, Mister? Hmm? What does that mean? No, you, you don't drink coffee, do you? No. Did he want to sell you the coffee, Mister? Because a dime. I'm afraid this stuff's a little too sophisticated for you, sis. It's too subtle. You run along home and tell your folks to be at the Elks Club New Year's Eve, though, will you? 
Because when I walk out on that stage and start firing them jokes at them, I'll make this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. There's more fun with the McGee's shortly. Democracy and education go hand in hand because each depends upon the other. The importance of education in good schools is an American tradition that goes back to the earliest days of our nation. The fact is, our whole way of life is based upon our public school system. And in a way, our pride in our schools is as important as our pride in our country. Today, a serious situation in our schools is arising, caused by an unprecedented increase in our population. Our schools must be made adequate in both numbers and facilities to take care of millions more children. In many communities, new and larger school buildings are needed. Classes are crowded, and there just aren't enough teachers to do a good job. In other communities, school facilities are old-fashioned and inadequate. It's up to every citizen to find out just what the conditions are in the schools in his community. If improvements are needed, join with others and see that those improvements are made. If you need help in improving conditions, write to the National Citizens Commission for Public Schools, New York City, New York. McGee, I'm home. Oh, hi, kiddo. You should have been here. I did part of my act for Teeny. Oh, did she enjoy it? Oh, she loved me. I told her a couple of my surefire jokes. You should have heard that kid laugh. Liked them, did she? Well, you, you know how kids are. Easiest audience in the world. Did you finish your marketing? Yes, I brought along the things we'll need for tonight. The old-timer will deliver the rest later. Here, let me help you with that stuff. Set it on the sink. Oh, thank you, sweetheart. Just hand me those things. I'll put them away. Celery? Celery. You know, I've been going over this old act of mine. Potatoes? Potatoes. You know, looking over these jokes Fred and I used to do. Corn. Some of them maybe slightly. Oh, okay, corn, yeah. Oh, here you are. I, I got a problem telling these jokes, though, Molly. You said it. The trouble is it takes two people to tell them, you know. They're questions and answer type jokes, like I used to say to Fred, tell me, Schultz. Schultz! Yeah, we had what we called a Meyer and Schultz routine. I was Meyer and he was Schultz, you know. <laughs> Except during matinees, we used to switch it around to break the monotony. Oh, I see. Tell me, Schultz, I'd say, do you know what kind of vegetable do you raise in the beer garden? <laughs> that was after the sea, the sea routine, you see. Then he would say, no, I don't. Tell me, Meyer, what kind of vegetable do you raise in the beer garden? And then I'd come back with a snapper. I'd say... Two tomatoes. Oh, you know that one. It's deadly familiar. Hand me that pot roaster. Oh, I got a lot of others. All just a sure fire is that one you ruined by coming in with that snapper before I had it. Oh, I'm sorry, Jerry, but that is an awful old joke. There's still plenty of people who haven't heard it. But that isn't my problem. My problem is I need a good straight man. Who I could get. I need somebody with a kind of a hang dog expression, you know, sad looking. 
sad-looking guy that'll get the audience's sympathy. With those jokes, he'll certainly have mine. Should be a guy with a good, loud voice that they can hear him clear to the back row on account of because... Hey, the old-timer. Now, Gary, he's an old man. He can't run as fast as he used to. Hi, Donnie. Here's the rest of your groceries. Put them down right there, old-timer. I want to talk to you. Oh, hi, Johnny. Sure, what's on your mind? Old-timer, I'm going to do you a great big favor. Oh, dear. Oh, you don't have to tip me, Johnny. Forget it. No sense you going through that whole business and looking through your pockets for change again. Last time you did that, it ended up with me lending you a quarter, and I can't afford that again today, so let's skip it. I wasn't talking about that. How would you like to go on the stage? Oh, not me, Johnny. I'm too old. I told you, dearie. Papa used to drive the stage between Abilene and Sandy Gulch. No, The way that coach used to bounce all over the road, it was all Papa could do to hang on. <laughs> Got so, he had to fill his hip pockets full of lead to keep from bouncing off. That's where that expression came from. What expression? Next time, try the train. Oh, <laughs> I wasn't talking about the stagecoach. I was talking about the entertainment stage, show business. Oh, that kind of stage. Sure. You mean there's no business like show business. Uh, people talk, uh, yeah. uh, they go when he That's it. That's it. That's huh? what I mean. That's it. Look, I'm going to do my great old vaudeville act at the Elf Club Shindig New Year's Eve, and I need a good straight man. Somebody to tell the jokes to. Jokes? Why didn't you say so, Johnny? I know lots of them. Have you heard the one about the fellow who saw his first car and said, See! I've got the jokes all rolled out here. I just need someone to do them with me. Oh. And I think with the proper coaching, you might be the man for the job. I'm not promising anything, but I'll give you a tryout if you're interested. Okay, Johnny, when do we start? Well, we'll try it out on these jokes right here first. You read the part marked Schultz. I'll be Meyer. We use German accent. I gotcha. Go ahead, Johnny. Tell me, Schultz. Yeah. 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 What do you see? Yeah, right <laughs> anywhere on <laughs> Oh, I was just playing along, Johnny. Getting in the mood. Well, don't play along. Just read what's on there. Okay, Johnny. Go ahead. Tell me, Schultz. What kind of vegetables do you raise in the beer garden? That's easy, Johnny. Stewed tomatoes. That's my line. You're supposed to say I don't know. Don't know. No. I've known that joke all my life, Johnny. Oh, sure. Bobby used to tell it to us kids all the time. Says he heard General Grant tell it to the boys at the celebration party after they took Richmond. Grant says he got it from Washington's memoirs. Used to be one of George's favorites. Him and Martha... Never used to mind. Own... Forget it. My, I'm going over to talk to Herb Travis. He used to pull the curtain for all the school plays. Maybe with a little coaching Herb could work out. This old funny daddy. I gotta find me a straight man for this. Say good night to Bibber and Molly in a moment. Christmas may be past, but the holiday spirit still prevails across the land. And on the wonderful programs of the NBC Radio Network, you'll hear this spirit reflected in great radio entertainment. Tomorrow night, for example, listen to the top comedy entertainment by that master marksman, Groucho Marx. You Bet Your Life is Groucho's show, and it's packed with good holiday listening as Groucho pokes fun at his contestants and offers them opportunities to share in the prize money. We know you'll enjoy You Bet Your Life each Wednesday evening on the NBC Radio Network. And we know you'll also want to be on hand for the fun-filled Great Gildersleeve program. Willard Waterman portrays the bumbling Gildersleeve, and the laughs come thick and fast as he wades into trouble as Summerfield's water commissioner. Then you're invited to sit still and walk a mile. Sounds impossible, we know, but you can do it tomorrow as you listen to Bill Cullen in the fast-paced Walk a Mile program. Keep your date with relaxing radio listening and set your dial right here to this station where you hear the familiar three NBC chimes. Did you ask Herb to work in your act with you, dearie? Yep. I explained to him what a great act it was, and he was real anxious to do it. Good. So I read him a few of the jokes. What did he say then? 
Oh, don't worry, I'll find a straight man. I'll get the right guy. Yeah. <laughs> Good night. Good night, all. NBC and Tums have brought you the Fibber, McGee, and Molly program transcribed by Bill Thompson as the old timer. This is John Wald inviting you to be with us again tomorrow night for another visit with Fibber, McGee, and Molly. Make your kitchen chores lighter with the heartwarming shows on the NBC Radio Network. Say, Andy, did you hear that? Come on. Did I hear what? That whistle. Why, that's the Rinso White whistle. Yeah, and Rinso means us. That's right. Rinso gets clothes Rinso White. And Rinso presents the Amos and Andy Show with their guest tonight, Victor Moore. to visit the DeWent household out in Kansas City, Missouri, just at the end of a working day, you'd probably walk in on a scene like this. Charles, Mother's home. You see, Mrs. DeWent wrote us... The Rinso whistle is our way of telling the children we're home from work. And, of course, that isn't all the Rinso whistle means to the DeWent family. With two active youngsters, Charles and Elise... Mrs. DeWent finds Rinso a mighty important item. On wash day, Rinso saves plenty of time and work. And in the dishpan, Rinso's soapy-rich suds chase grease and clinging food particles in a flash. Try Rinso yourself, won't you? Tomorrow. And now, our stars, Amos and Andy, and their guest, Victor Moore. has finally come to Andy Brown. It has come in the shape of Yvonne Jefferson, and truly a lovely shape. Tonight, Andy is on his way to the Harlem branch of the Honesty Insurance Company, where Yvonne is employed, to surprise her when she gets through work. Amos is driving Andy over in the taxi cab. Yeah, Amos, Yvonne is sure going to be surprised when I call for her. She don't expect me. Oh, yeah, it's 8 o'clock, uh... You sure she gonna be there this time of night, Anna? Oh, yeah. She's a hard-working gal. She get overtime by working late, you know. Oh, I see. Uh, you really crazy about this gal, ain't you, Anna? Oh, I'll say I is. Where can you find a gal that's as sweet as she is, charming, cultured, and make overtime? Yeah. <laughs> Tell you the truth, I was gonna ask her to marry me. You mean you really gonna take the plunge, Anna? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, here's the building here, Ender. Honesty Insurance Company. Yeah, come on, Amos, come on. Yeah, I don't see no lights in none of the offices. Yeah, well, she worked in the room in the back. Oh, you're going to the back door, huh? No, no, there ain't no back door. Uh, I'm going up the alley and stick my head in the window and surprise her. Oh. Only you better come along and boost me up because there's a high window. Okay, son. Say, that's a high-class-looking box of candy you got there under your arm. Yeah, well, I had this good-looking box, and I done filled it up with dime store candy. And then I put a ribbon around it. 
Yeah, well, ain't she going to know it's dime store candy even though you got it in that fancy box there? Oh, no. The only way she could tell is by eating it, but uh, I've done read two and a half dollars on the bottom of the box. Oh, yeah. So, you see, uh, her eyes will pop out at the price before her tongue can pop out at the candy. Yeah. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, there's the window there now. Boost me up on this ash can so I can see. All you? right, get a hold of that now. Hold on. There we go. <clears throat> oh, me. I wonder how Romeo ever got up on that balcony. Uh, wait a minute now. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Is you all right now? I can see her. She's there by herself. And she's going to... Uh-oh. Uh this ain't good. I don't believe it. I see it with my own eyes, and I still don't believe it. Amos, get me down. Yeah, come on. What's the matter, Andy? Uh, nothing, nothing at all. Come on, come on. Well, where's we going? Ain't you going to surprise Andy? She done beat me to it, Amos. She done surprise me. Well, hello there, Andy. Have you seen the morning's newspaper yet? Hello, Kingfish. I ain't no mood for papers. Yeah. See here in the headlines, uh, say, Honesty Insurance Company robbed of $796. Hmm. Uh, ain't that the place your girlfriend worked at, uh, Yvonne Jefferson? Yeah, she worked there. Mm hmm Kingfish, uh, you think the police is going to catch the one that done it? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a sure thing, and uh, yeah. The police do everything scientific these days. Oh, yeah, I see the moving picture once where the only clue was a piece of hair. Hmm. They analyzed the hair and they found some special kind of tonic on it. Hmm. Then they analyzed the tonic and find out what drugstore it was bought at. Hmm. Then they analyzed the druggist. Oh, I tell you, from one piece of hair, you ain't never seen so much arresting in all your life. <laughs> uh, the whole thing ought to be a good lesson of criminals. Yeah, what's the lesson? Always wear a hat when you go on a job. You know what you know, <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, listen, Kingfish, here comes Amos. Uh, I wonder if I could be alone with him. I want to speak to him about something confidential. Oh, sure thing, Andrew. Yeah. Well, hello there, Kingfish. How are you, Andrew? Hello, Andrew. Well, how are you, Amos? Uh, just leaving here. Well, good luck to you. See you boys later. So long. Amos, did you see the paper? Uh, you mean about the honesty insurance company robbery? Yeah, I did, Andrew. Amos, I'm going crazy here. I got to talk to you. Listen. When I looked in that window last night, I see Yvonne take some money out of the safe and put it in her pocketbook. Amos, what must I do? Well, Andy, you have just got to tell the police, son. Yeah, but how can I do that? I was in love with Yvonne. Andy, if she took that money, then you was in, long, in love with the wrong gal. Oh, no. Not if she's got $796 on you. <laughs> Now, look, now, now, let's face the thing here. You done see something and you want to know what you must do about it. Now, yeah. I done told you what you must do. And I feel this way about it, Andy. It is your duty to report to the police what you done see. No matter who you see do it, that's your duty, son. Yeah, I was afraid you was going to say that. I guess you're right, though, Amos. I got to tell them. Oh, me. Poor little Yvonne. Yeah. Yesterday, we was two little lovebirds. Now, she's going to be a jailbird, and I'm going to be a stool pigeon. (laughs) 
Well, Brother Henry, I see that your gal has done been arrested. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, according to the newspaper here, what would they say there? Say something about that she'd been indicted, I believe, and uh, they done let out on bail, ain't they? Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems that uh, some cousin of hers put up the bail for according to the newspaper article. Yeah, listen, Kingfish, uh, you know about the law. Tell me this, uh, if a party of the first part tell the police, which is the party of the second part, what he see the party of the third part do, do I have to appear in court against her as the party of the fourth part? That's some party you got there, son. I... <laughs> Let me think here now. You know, that comes under the America's Hippos Witness Law. Yeah, that's what it does, all that versus vice stuff. I remember that law, yeah. yeah. Now, wait a minute. Let me think here. I know of a case just like that, uh, the case of the state of Ohio versus my brother-in-law. <laughs> now, let me see, how did that go? Uh, they wanted him to appear as a witness, and he didn't want to. He flatly refused because he knew that they couldn't do nothing about it. Yeah, well, what happened? I don't know. I'm going to ask him as soon as he get out of jail. I do that. <laughs> now, look, listen here, Andrew. Here's what you better... Uh, wait a minute, who is this coming in here? Uh, 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 yes, sir. Uh, what can I do for you? Hello, my name is Victor Moore. <laughs> is there a Mr. Andrew Brown around? Well, 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 what you want to see him about, mister? Yeah, I'm going to beat it, Andrew. I'll see you later. Okay, Kingfish, okay. Uh-huh. Huh? He called you Andy. And you are, Mr. Brown. I know it. Well, so what? I know it before you did. <laughs> well, would it be all right if I sat down? Joe, uh, Joe, sure, sure. go ahead. Sit down. Uh, in connection with what can I do something for you about? <laughs> well, it's just a little matter of... Uh, I don't know quite how to put it, but I... Just have to offer you this summons. Well, thanks just the same, but I have got... Uh, excuse me for protruding, but uh, did you say... Uh-huh. Uh, is it too late to say that I ain't Andrew Brown? Well, here's the summons. Well, I go scepter. Oh, please. No. <laughs> Pretty, please? No, sir. I ain't accepting no summonses. Well, I tried to ask you nicely, but it looks like I'll have to get tough. Well, it ain't going to do you no good. Go ahead. Get tough. All right. Now, listen, bud. Either you take this summons or I'll shove it down your throat. If you don't object. <laughs> I'm telling you once more, you was wasting your time. But I'm supposed to serve you with this summons, and if I don't, it puts me in an awful bad light. Yeah. Well, the light is better outside anyway. Goodbye. I wish you'd take it. You know, I always thunk that they sent out great, big, strong, husky, tough guys to serve summonses. But instead of that, they send you. Oh, don't you know there's a war on? <laughs> Listen, Mr. Moore, I'm going to put my cards on the table. The reason I ain't going to accept this summonses from you is because if I do, 
That means that I got to go to court and testify against the woman I love. Yes, well, if you don't accept it, it means that I'll most likely get fired. I'll be a failure, and my wife will leave me, and she'll leave me all alone and never come back to me. Well, gee, Mr. Moore, I didn't know. Gosh, I wouldn't want your wife to leave you. Well, you know, it might not be a bad idea at that <laughs> Oh, no, 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 sir. I, I wouldn't want your wife to leave you. I'll tell you what, give me the summonses. No, I don't think I could do that because then you'd have to go to court and your girl would go to jail. I'll just tear it up. Uh, no, don't do that. Don't do that. I, I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna have your wife leave you. Give me that summons. No, I won't give it to you. I, I won't send the girl to the penitentiary. I'll starve first. Is you gonna give me that paper? Or is I gonna have to take it away from you? You're not man enough to take it away from me. If I don't want to serve a summons, a mule couldn't pull it away from me. Oh, is that so? I couldn't, couldn't I? Give me that. Come on, no. give me that. Give me it. I will not. I won't give it to you. Give me that. No, you you let me keep it. Oh, you shouldn't have taken it. Listen, mister. Let me tell you something. You is too soft-hearted. Take my advice and get out of this summons business. You don't belong in it. Oh, is that so? (laughs) I've been serving him for 40 years, and I never saw this method fail yet. So long, sucker. Oh, hello, Gabby. Oh, come on in, Eddie. Hi, hi, sir. All right. Say, listen, uh, you've been reading about my gal that done got arrested, ain't you? Oh, yes, indeed. Been reading all about it. Been reading all about it. Yeah, well, uh, you as a lawyer, uh, do you think they're going to send her to jail? Well, I don't say they is, Andy, but if I was her, if I was her, I wouldn't buy no spring outfit. Yeah, well, uh... You see, I was in a funny spot, Gabby, and I'd sure like to know what to do about this trial. You see, on one hand, I got to go to court and testify against Yvonne, and on the other hand, I don't want to see her get convicted. Uh, what must I do, Gabby? Well, as I see it, Andy, as I see it, it's a clear-cut case of homicide. Homicide? Yeah. You got to go home and figure out whose side you're on. That's homicide if I ever had it. <laughs> Look, Gabby, uh, I was wondering if you got any kind of ideas on what kind of defense she can put up in court for taking the money out of the safe. Wait a second, Andy, wait a second. I got it. I know just defense she ought to put up. Just what she must tell the jury. Yeah? What must she tell them? Tell them she thought it was Confederate money and she was taking it home as a souvenir. Gabby's legal advice isn't much help to Andy in his dilemma. We'll learn what he does about it in just a moment. When you've two active youngsters and a husband who's a garage mechanic, you've a full-time job just keeping the family fed and in clean clothes. But Mrs. DeWent of Kansas City, Missouri, does that and more. She holds a regular job in a war industry besides. You can see that efficiency methods are a must with Mrs. DeWent. No wonder she wrote us... I've used Rinso for my family wash and kitchen use for over 12 years. And you can bet your best bonnet that Rinso's been a big helping hand to Mrs. DeWent. 
Why, with Rinso's Soapy Rich Suds on the job, takes as little as a ten-minute soaking to get clothes dazzling clean. Then a few quick finger rubs on extra grimy places, and they're ready to rinse. Yes, Mrs. DeWent's got plenty of reason to be proud of the wash she hangs out. Every piece. Yes, Rinso White. And washable colors fresh and bright, safely, after dozens of washings. You see, Rinso's soapy rich suds get out more dirt from whites and colors. You better get Rinso next wash day. And now, back to Amos and Andy. Today is the first day of the trial of Yvonne Jefferson. The Kingfish and Henry Van Porter are in the hall outside the courtroom waiting for court to be convened. Well, Kingfish, are you all set for the big trial? Uh, yes, Henry. Uh, it ought to start in a second. That courtroom sure is crowded in there. Yes, it is. I hope we get seats. Yeah, well, I was all set. You see, I got my wife inside holding two seats down in front. She kind of spread herself out, you know, reserving both places. Yes, well, your wife can do that. Ain't it the truth? Uh, wait a minute, sir. Your wife ain't no demitassel herself, you know. Well, now, listen here, Kingfish. Uh, fair I... fellas, uh, you ain't seen Andy, has you? No. Uh, no, Amos, uh, I ain't seen him for five days. Uh, what you so excited about? Yes, what's the matter? Well, nobody's seen him for five days. The trial has started already, and he ain't here yet. Will you please clear the hall? Those of you who are going into the courtroom better get in there. Trial's been on for five minutes. Oh, well, that must mean that Andy is done a ride. Come on, fellas. Yeah, come, on, come, on. come on. And I say to you, members of the jury, this is a clear-cut case of grand larceny. And there's no testimony the defense can present which will refute this. I would like to call the first witness to the stand, George Stevens, Kingfish of the Mystic Knights of the Sea. Oh, yeah, sir. Coming right up. Got you just in time, yeah, sir. Coming right here, yeah. Mr. Stevens, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth to help you? Oh, I do. I showed you. Got my integrity right here with me, yes, I do, yeah. Get down, Stevens. Oh, uh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Now then, what can you tell the court in regard to the character of the defendant? Oh, uh, you mean the gal that stole the money from... Objection! Sustained. Uh, thank you, Your Honor. Thank you. Uh... <laughs> the witness will confine himself to answering the questions put to him. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, put that question again, please, Mr. Persecutor. Persecutor! Uh, yeah, yeah. The question, Stevens, has to do with the character of Yvonne Jefferson. Yeah. What do you know about her? Well, uh, mister, if I can't say something good about a person, I never say nothing. So in her case, I shuts up, you see. You... Uh, uh, on the other hand, I have known her for a while, and frankly... I wouldn't trust it with a hot stove on a dark night. Objection. Okay, a coal stove on a dark night. Objection. Sustained. You may step down, Mr. Stevens. Yes, well, I've done the buzzer good. Now, give me another crack at it. I might do better here. Step down, Stevens. Oh, uh, yeah, so get him down. Get him down. Get him down. <laughs> will, uh, will Andrew H. Brown please take the stand? The court will be cleared if order is not maintained. Swear the witness in. You swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and that's much truth to help you? So help me. Brown, how long have you known the defendant? Uh, who, me? Oh, uh, oh uh, uh, we as old friends, we, we, we practically growed up together lately. How long have you known her? Four weeks. We growed up fast. You... <laughs> did, uh, 
Did you see the defendant at approximately 8 o'clock on the evening of December 21st, 1944, at the Honesty Insurance Company? Well, uh, uh, me and Amos was... Answer yes or no! Uh, uh, can I have a glass of water? You... <laughs> Clerk, pour the witness a glass of water. Yes, sir. Here you are. Oh, thank you. Ah, oh, boy, was I thirsty. Brown, tell the court in your own words just what transpired on the evening of December 21st at the Honesty Insurance Company. Yeah, so, well, I had a box of candy for her, so I went round in the back of the insurance company to surprise her through the window. I climbed up on the ash can and I looked in. And when you got up on the ash can, Brown, could you see the defendant through the window? Oh, yes, sir. Tell the court exactly what you saw. Uh, well, when I looked through the window, I see the, uh, uh, uh can I have another glass of water? You... Order in this court. Order. Here's your water, Mr. Brown. Yeah, thank you, thank you. The court would appreciate it if the witness would take a long drink, so we won't be bothered in the near future. Mm, yeah, sir, yeah. Sir. All right now, Brown. Tell us what you saw. But, uh, where was I? On top of the ash can. What'd you see? Well, uh, I saw Excuse the... Excuse me for a moment. Can the defense ask the witness one question? Well, this is highly irregular, but if the prosecution has no objection, the court has none. No objection. You may answer the question, Brown. Judge, if I object here, would you sustain it? No! Okay, okay. <laughs> defense attorney may ask the question. Mr. Brown... When you looked through that window from the top of the ash can, is it not true that you saw your wife in that room? Yes, sir, that's true. Do you mean to tell the court that you did not see the defendant, Yvonne Jefferson? Yes, sir, I seed her, too. You... I seed them both at the same time because they're both the same people. Me and her got married this morning. What do you... If the court, please... The defense moves to strike out the testimony of this witness, Andrew Brown, on the grounds that a man is disqualified by law from testifying for or against his wife. Yes, that is the law. The witness will step down, and the court reporter will strike out his testimony, and the jury is instructed to disregard what he has said. You're excused, Mr. Brown. Yeah, do that mean I ain't got to tell nobody about me seeing her steal the money? <laughs> Say, Shorty, uh, uh, has you seen Andy? Andy? Uh, why can't you find him? Uh, no, ain't nobody seen him since he left the courtroom yesterday. Not even his wife. Mm. And being at your barber shop, it was right next to Hill's office, I think you might have seen him go in there. Well, Andy, Andy was in here a little while ago and he said goodbye to me. Oh, he did, huh? Yeah. Say, Shorty, uh, did he tell you where he was going? Yeah, he, he, he said he was catching a train to San Francisco. Uh, he, he was going to take a pullman to New Hampshire. Uh, he, he, he had up a bus going to Louisiana. Uh, he, he was catching the sleeper to Chicago. No reservations. <laughs> well, now, now, Shorty, uh, pull yourself together. Now, listen, uh, was he really going away? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I remember now. He, he told me he was catching a boat. Catching a boat, huh? Mm. That must mean that he down at one of the docks. Yeah, so that's where they leave for most of the time. Yeah, look here. Mm. I was going to get Amos and go down there right now. I wonder how far he figured on going. Did he have much stuff with him, Shorty? Uh, yeah, yeah, he, he was carrying, uh, carrying everything he owned. He, he had one of them big suitcases, uh, two of them big traveling bags. Uh, 
he had like a big steamer trunk. Uh, he had two big boards uh, just a shoebox. <laughs> So now, I done looked all around. This is the only dock where the boat is leaving today. Now, Andy must be around here someplace. Yeah, this boat here goes through the Panama Canal, somebody told me. I just wish I knew why Andy was going away alone. There's something awful wrong about this whole thing, Kingfish. Yeah, he done got married to that gal to save her, and he ain't seen her since yesterday in the courtroom. You know, if he is running away from something, it looked like a... Wait a minute. Look, Amos, look. Where? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's Andy over there now at the ticket window. Come on, Kingsley. Yeah, that's him. Come on. Come on, let's get over there. Come on. Say, Andy. Andy, hey, Andy. Amos, hey, uh, Kingfish, uh, what, what, what are you doing down here? Oh, nothing, Andy. Nothing. Uh, we just uh, trying to... Walk around. We ain't trying to mess in your business, nothing. Uh, we just wanted to say goodbye. Yeah, well, goodbye. I was off to the South Seas. And Amos, I want to tell you something. You has been a good friend. Uh-huh. I'm going to send you a coconut. <laughs> uh, well, uh, uh, Brother Andy, I just come down to say goodbye to you, too, you know. Yeah, well, goodbye to you, too. Uh, say, Andy, uh, just while we're standing here, just tell us nothing about the wedding, uh, you know, when one of my friends usually gets married, why, I like to hear all about it, how it worked out and everything. You know, tell us about it. Yeah, yeah tell us about it, Andy. You've got time before your boat goes. Well, it was just a simple ceremony. Yeah, mm-hmm, the best kind. Simple ceremonies for simple people. Yeah, that's good, all right. Well, we went to this justice of the peace, and he stood in front of us, and Yvonne was on one side of me, and... Uh, Justice's wife was on the other side, and behind me was Yvonne's cousin with the gun, and there was some organ music. Oh, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, what did you say about a fellow with a gun, Andy? Did I say that? Oh, me, I ain't had no business saying that. Come on now, Andy, talk. Now, come on, talk. Yeah, Andy, you was forced into that marriage. Ain't that right? Now, tell the truth, Andy. Wasn't you forced into that? Amos, please. Their cousins say if I said anything, they'd find me floating down the river. And you know I can't float a stroke. Yeah, well, we ain't gonna let them get away with nothing like that. Now, is we, Kingfish? No, sir, we ain't. Come on, Ender. We is going to get this marriage null and voided and canceled on top of that. Therefore, in view of the fact that said Andrew Brown was forced into this marriage under the threat of bodily harm, I do hereby declare said marriage or no. Who gets the custody of the $796? And now that you can legally testify again, Brown, will you please tell us what you saw from the top of the ice can? Mm, yes, sir. I, I, uh, but first, can I have a glass of water? Defendant Devon Jefferson, having been found guilty, is hereby remanded to the custody of the sheriff and ordered held for sentence. Court adjourned. Well, 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 Andy, put it there, son, put it there. I guess that is over now. Yeah, thank goodness that's over. As you showed, they done caught that cousin fella that was the best man at my wedding. Oh, yeah, oh, he is in jail, all right, Andy. Oh. Only he wasn't no cousin of Yvonne. He was her real sweetheart. 
He was? Yeah. Well, Amos, that's Burns has done taught me one thing. No more women. Oh, I'm glad to hear you say oh, that. Oh, boy, I was off of women for life. That's the stuff. They is poison. So help me, if I ever look at another woman again, if I ever look at... at uh, uh, what is you staring at, Andy? There goes the sweetest-looking gal I done ever seen. So long, Amos. I'll see you later. Oh, wow! Oh, wow! <laughs> and Andy will be back in just a moment. Ladies, get a box of Rinso tomorrow first thing. Try it on the dishes. You'll whiz through the job in next to no time. And Rinso's safe suds are kind to your hands. Don't get them red and rough. And next wash day, try Rinso in your tub or washer. You'll soon be whistling while you wash. Rinso, white, happy little wash day song. Rinso, white, Birdies sing it all day long. Your clothes are so white and the color so bright. You sing as you work along. Rinse white, happy little wash day song. And now Amos and Andy have a few words of vital importance for all of us. Friends, careless talk can lengthen this war. Our government has definite proof that Germany is desperate for any scrap of information that may be able to postpone an Allied victory. So remember, if you hear it from someone, don't repeat it. If you see it yourself, don't repeat it. But if you've read it in the newspapers, magazines, or heard it on the radio, then you are free to talk. Good night, folks. to be with us again next Friday evening at this same time when the makers of Rinso will again present the Amos and Andy show. Our thanks to Victor Moore, who will soon be seen in the Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer picture, Ziegfeld Follies. This program is broadcast to our armed forces everywhere. This is Harlow Wilcox saying goodnight to all of you from all of us and reminding you that the used fats you ladies turn in to help, help to supply the vital medicine so badly needed by our fighting men. Don't stop saving used fats. Turn in every pound to your butcher regularly. He'll give you four cents and two red points for every pound you turn in. You know, ladies, now that so many meats are back on the ration list, those extra red points are going to come in mighty handy. So don't forget, turn in every pound of used fat promptly. is Life Boy America's favorite bath soap? I'll tell you two big reasons. Life Boy in your daily bath gives all-over protection from B.O. Yes, from head to toe, it stops B.O. And Life Boy gives protection that lasts and lasts. So play safe. Make sure Life Boy's in your soap dish. It's the only soap especially made to stop B.O.
This is the National Broadcasting Company. Mother, is Maxwell House really the only coffee in the world? Well, your father says so, and your father knows best. Yes, it's Father Knows Best, transcribed in Hollywood, starring Robert Young as father. A half-hour visit with your new neighbors, the Andersons, brought to you by Maxwell House, the coffee that's bought and enjoyed by more people than any other brand of coffee at any price. Maxwell House, always good to the last drop. In every family, there are special days. Days which, though simple, will live forever in our memories. There's the day Junior had his first haircut. The day Dad backed into the garage door. Or the day Mother didn't back into the garage door. In Springfield, in the white frame house on Maple Street, it's dinner time. And one of those days is in the making. It will be known, as long as an Anderson remains, as the day Father received the Christmas bills. Like this. It's outrageous, that's what it is. The most outrageous thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Pass the potatoes to your father, Betty. Yes, Mother. Potatoes, Father. Uh, thank you. It's gotten so that Christmas isn't a period of joy and celebration. It's a plot to collect all the money overlooked by the government. <laughs> I've never seen such an assortment of bills. Kathy, won't you please eat your dinner? But I have to watch Daddy. I'm sure he'd much rather you ate your dinner. But I want to see the steam come out of his ears. The what? <laughs> well, Bud said when you saw all those bills... Holy cow, Kathy. I didn't mean it really would. I was just, you know... <laughs> sure was cold out today, wasn't it? Well, for certain people, it's going to get warmer. Much warmer. Now the bread, please. Here you are, Dan. Thank you. Say, Dan... Look at this. $17.70 for mucklucks. Now, what the devil are mucklucks? They're knitted slippers, dear. For $17.70? That's for six pair, Jim. I sent them to my sister Kathleen and her family. Oh, fine. And what did she send us? Five napkin rings painted by hand in the kindergarten of a school for backward children. <laughs> Jim, that's not the proper attitude to take. Oh, it isn't, isn't it? You don't see that brother-in-law of yours shelling out any 1770 for mucklucks, do you? I tell you, Margaret, we've got to realize that we aren't the Morgans or the Rockefellers. We're just plain, simple people, and we've got to act that way. Yes, dear. Say, Dan. When I was a boy, thrift was an important part of the daily life. The family worked together to see how little it could spend, not how much. They tried to help put something away for a rainy day. Not us. This family lives in a continual cloudburst. Dan. What is it, Bud? As long as we're talking about money, I need $5. Bud. <laughs> oh, that's fine. That's just great. I give out with a long lecture on thrift and economy, and all it does is remind my son that he needs $5. Now, why do you need $5? To be a bird watcher. A what? A bird watcher. You watch birds. 
I wouldn't care if you watched elephants. <laughs> Why does it have to cost $5? Well, you have to buy a manual. It tells you how to watch. And you get a button. And they have meetings every Tuesday and Thursday night. No. But, Dad, watching birds makes you alert. No. It gives you a better understanding of your feathered friends. No. And it's educational. No. Oh, gosh. You certainly want me to be educated, don't you? Yes. Then I can go? No. <laughs> oh. oh. Would you care for some more coffee, dear? I certainly would. Thank you. I'll bet Evelyn Finney's a bird watcher. You keep out of this, Kathy. Bud's got a girl. I have not. You just wait, Kathy. That's all. Just wait. Bud's got a girl. Dad. All right, Kathy. Stop that and drink your milk. But, but I did. It's all gone. Well, get some more milk and drink it. <laughs> Gee whiz. And behave yourself. Now, where was I? The part about putting something away for a rainy day. Thank you. Rainy day. Oh, look, I don't want you to think I'm being stingy or that I don't want you to enjoy a healthy, normal life, but what's that? What's what, dear? On the buffet. Is that another album of records? Oh, you ought to hear them, Father. They're simply dreamy. You see, that's what I mean. A new album, and we've got so many records now we can join the disc jockey's union. <laughs> Jockeys have a union, Daddy? How do I know? Oh, you just said I that... said if they had a union, we could join it. Why? <laughs> because we have so many records. Are you going to be a disc jockey, Daddy? No, I'm not going to be a disc jockey. <laughs> Why not? Because I'm an insurance jockey. I mean... Uh... <laughs> oh, Kathy, drink your milk. I did. Twice. Well, eat your cake. I don't have any cake. What have you got? Jello. Well, eat it and be quiet. Gee whiz. Father, there's no need to get excited about the record. Now, don't tell me what to get excited about and what not to get excited about. You have no right to waste money on more records. But, Father... Five dollars for bird watchers and five dollars for records. They cost seven fifty. Seven fifty. Betty Anderson, you mean those records cost seven dollars and fifty cents? Yes, Father. Oh, but... that's fine. Just fine. We've got records you haven't touched in five years, but they're no good. You've got to buy new ones for seven dollars and fifty cents. But, Father. When I was a boy, I couldn't buy a new record till the old one wore out. But, Father. I played Dardanella so long the fuzz on the turntable came through. <laughs> And stop butt-fathering me. You have no right to waste $7.50 on records. But, Father, I didn't. I borrowed them from Janie Liggett. I don't care where you got them. You have no right to... Oh. Well, uh, where was I? A rainy day, dear. Page two. <laughs> All right, laugh. Go ahead. The whole thing is a big joke. It's very funny. I'm telling you right now, we're spending too much money, and we're going to cut down. Oh, Jim, I don't think we're extravagant, any of us. Okay, you're not extravagant. You just spend too much money. But we don't waste anything, dear, and we don't spend money unnecessarily. Oh, we don't, don't we? 
I suppose $5 to watch birds isn't unnecessary. If Bud has to watch birds, he can sit on the front porch and watch them for ten years. It won't cost him a dime. Holy cow. This family has to learn to conserve. We've got to make things do. Now, here, look at this. Another pair of shoes for Kathy. That's the third pair in six months. But, Daddy, I'm growing. Well, do you have to grow so fast? <laughs> Father! Oh, it's all right, dear. Your father's only joking. Sure, I'm only joking, Kathy. But there's one thing I'm not joking about. This family has to stop spending so much money. And we've got to stop running around. We're going to stay home and enjoy the simple things of life. We've got magazines to read, books to read. I spent $190 for the encyclopedia. And nobody's ever gotten past Marib to Mushy. Jim, there's one thing you don't seem to understand. Just a moment, dear. Bud, the phone. It's Kathy's turn. It is not. But I'll answer it anyway. See if I care. What is it you were saying, Margaret? Well, I was saying that there's one thing you don't seem to understand, that no one has even mentioned going out tonight. Everyone was quite satisfied and quite happy, and this entire discussion seems to be absolutely pointless. Is that so? If I didn't put my foot down every once in a while, this whole family would go to pop. Nobody would ever stay home. Daddy, it's for you. Thank you, Kathy. Smith, Daddy. Thank you, dear. Hello, Heck. No, we were just finishing our dinner. The drugstore? Well, I hadn't thought about going down there, but... Pick up cards for what? You mean the game is tonight? Oh. Well, uh... Look, Heck, uh... Maybe you'd better not figure on me for tonight. Well, frankly, I forgot all about it, and I got myself into a situation here. Yes, I know, Heck, but couldn't you get George Phillips? Out of town, huh? Uh, just a minute, Heck. Kathy, there's somebody at the door. Okay. Sorry, Heck. Well, look, there must be somebody else you can get for the game. There isn't, huh? Well, I'll do whatever I can, Heck, but uh, it's going to be tough. Okay. Okay, but if I'm not there by eight, well, uh, you'd better call me. Okay, Heck, I'll see you. Ye gods, the things I get myself into. Is there anything wrong, dear? No, nothing wrong. Let's see. Um, what were we talking about? Nobody goes out tonight. Well, of course, I don't mean that we have to live like hermits. Of course not, dear. There are circumstances when it will be necessary and proper for us to spend an evening away from home. A special picture that we won't want to miss, or a meeting, or uh, uh, something. You're so right, dear, but after that long lecture you just finished, naturally you don't mean tonight, do you, dear? Oh, no, naturally not tonight. <laughs> We, uh, we'll all spend a quiet evening at home tonight. Daddy? Yes, Kathy? Daddy, may I please have a dollar and a quarter? You certainly may not. But, Daddy... You see, Margaret, that's just what I meant about discipline. This entire discussion about thrift and economy was absolutely wasted. Everything I said went in one ear and out the other. I spent 15 minutes explaining that we had to take it easy, that we had to cut down on our spending, and what happens? As soon as I stop to take a deep breath, Bud needs $5 to watch birds, and Kathy needs a dollar and a quarter. 
Well, why on earth do you suddenly need a dollar and a quarter? To pay the paper boy. <laughs> oh. You know, for all his talking, Father wouldn't think of doing without that paper. It's one of those things that means so much to every day that comes along. And something else we count on, you and I, day in and day out, is coffee. I mean really good coffee, like our Maxwell House. Coffee you sit down to and enjoy, cup after cup. That good-to-the-last-drop flavor. You won't find it in any other coffee. No coffee but Maxwell House. And as you'd expect, there's a very real reason why. It's a recipe, the only recipe there is for that good-to-the-last-drop flavor. It's mighty important, that recipe of ours, because the flavor of the coffee you enjoy depends on the blend, the kind of coffees in it, and how they're put together. Now, coffee grows in many different varieties, and you can blend them in all sorts of ways. But there's only one way... One recipe for our famous Maxwell House flavor. And when all's said and done, it's this recipe of ours that makes the difference. The big difference between just another coffee and the wonderfully good flavor of America's favorite brand. It's a difference you'll taste for yourself the very first time you pour a cup of our Maxwell House coffee. And I hope you will, tomorrow. Hope you'll start enjoying the coffee that's always good to the last drop. In the white frame house on Maple Street, an hour has passed, and a long, long hour it's been. For Jim Anderson, the minutes have dragged by an endless procession. His active mind is buzzing with a weird assortment of masculine schemes, every one of them taken from the file headed, How to Get Out of the House. A dozen fantastic plans have already been tried, and none of them has worked. But you've got to give Jim credit. The kid's still in there pitching like this. Margaret. Yes, dear? Do you have the correct time? Oh, I think so. It's, um, five minutes of eight. Uh-huh. Just what I thought. This doggone watch is on the blink again. Just won't keep time. Well, what time do you have, dear? Seven of. <laughs> But, Jim, that's a difference of only two minutes. Only two minutes? Margaret, do you realize the things that have happened in two minutes? Wars have been won and lost. The entire course of civilization has been changed. I, uh... I better have it fixed. All right, dear. As a matter of fact, as long as I'm not doing anything right now, I might as well run down to the jewelers. And, uh, it might take some time. You know how fussy jewelers can be about a watch. So, uh... Maybe you'd better not wait up for me. Jim. Yes, dear? Christmas is over. The jewelers all close at 5.30. They do. <laughs> you mean uh, all of them? Yes, dear. Oh. You ought to see the, the watch Joe Phillips got for Christmas, Dad. Boy, is that a watch. Shatterproof, shockproof, waterproof, heatproof, and it's guaranteed to last him a lifetime. But it won't. Why not? He lost it. <laughs> Uh, 
Bud, instead of making bad jokes, why don't you go upstairs and do your homework? That wasn't a joke, Dad. You can say that again. You mean the whole thing? Bud. <laughs> go upstairs and do your homework. Okay. You, uh, you wouldn't want to help me, would you? That's right. Yeah, I, I sort of figured you wouldn't. Well, I'll see you later. Margaret, uh, I think I'll go out for a little walk. Why, Jim, it's snowing. Well, there's nothing wrong with a little snow. Does a man good to get out in the snow once in a while. The air crisp and clear, the ground all white and peaceful. Jim Anderson, you're not going to tramp around in the snow at your age. I have enough to do without taking care of a sick husband. Uh... And stop pacing up and down the room like a caged lion. Father. Yes, Betty? I'll play checkers with you if you like. Thank you. But I'd rather see you doing your homework. Well, I don't have any homework. I finished it this afternoon. Well, go sew something. <laughs> or uh, read a book. And don't tell me you read a book. I'll spot you two kings. I don't need to be spotted two kings. And I don't want to play checkers. Um, Margaret. Yes, dear? Do you need anything at the drugstore? <laughs> no, dear, not a thing. We, uh, we're kind of low on toothpaste this morning. I got some this afternoon. <laughs> oh, you did. Uh, soap holding up all right? Just fine. Uh-huh. Say, I think I'll run out and get something to smoke. Yes, sir, that's just what I'll do. Jim. Yes, Margaret? I bought you a carton of cigarettes this afternoon, and there's a whole humidor full of pipe tobacco. I... Uh, you know, it's a funny thing, but I just feel like smoking a cigar. <laughs> Jim, I didn't know you smoked cigars. Well, of course. After all, there's nothing like a good cigar. You know what Rudyard Kipling said, a woman is only a woman, but a good cigar is a smoke. Yeah, I'll get it. Uh, Jim, be careful. Oh, oh. <sighs> Who the dickens moved the lamp over to this side? Oh, Jim, how could you? Well, how do you expect me to keep track of where the lamps are if you keep moving them around all the time? Anyway, well, I'm sorry, Margaret. I was just... The phone's ringing. Betty, be a good girl and clean up this mess, will you? All right, Father. Don't worry about the lamp, Margaret. We'll get it fixed or something. Our good lamp. Just look at it. Sticks lamps right in your way when you're in a hurry. Naturally, they get knocked down. Hello? Hey, hello, Heck. What do you mean, am I still here? Of course not. I left for your house 20 minutes ago. <laughs> Heck, I'm doing everything I can. I can't do it, Heck. I can't just walk out. Because I can't, that's why. I am trying. Well, stop worrying about it. I'll figure something out. Okay. Uh, yeah, call me later. So long. Who was that, dear? Uh, it was Hector, honey. He uh, just uh, wanted to uh, talk to me. About what, dear? Is anything wrong? Oh, no. He uh, wanted me to come over there. He probably wants to talk to me about uh, uh, something. <laughs> like what, dear? Well, he, uh, it, uh, well, it's probably very complicated. <laughs> you, uh, you'd be surprised. I'll bet I would. <laughs> yeah. uh, are you through with the newspaper, dear? I think so. Well, I guess I'll sit down and read the paper. That's a very good idea. 
We're in the den, Kathy. Daddy, I just thought of something wonderful to save money. How much does water cost? Not very much, dear. Why? Well, it costs something to get it hot, doesn't it? So I thought if I only took one bath a week... Are you supposed to be taking a bath now? Uh-huh. We'll take it. <laughs> but you said we had to save money, and I thought if I only took... Kathy, go upstairs and take your bath. Gee whiz. You heard your father, Kathy. Now go ahead. First they want to save money, then they don't want to save money. Why don't they make up their minds? Say, did you see this in the paper? They're having a big meeting in the school auditorium. Tomorrow night. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's uh, tomorrow. Jim. Father, I put all the broken pieces on the service porch, but I don't think they can fix the lamp. It's a mess. Thank you, Benny. You're welcome. Were you going to say something, dear? Oh, no, no, it's all right. Mother. Yes, Betty. Have you seen the records I borrowed from Janie? Well, no, dear, I haven't. Where did you leave them? Well, I put them over there on Father's chair. Father, you're sitting on them. I am? Oh, I <laughs> thought it felt kind of funny. Oh, Father, how could you? $7.50 worth of South Pacific, and look at it. Well, they're, they're only cracked a little, Betty. <laughs> hey, look at this one. Only the front part of it's broken off. You can still play the whole chorus, and that's all anybody listens to anyway. She'll never talk to me again, and I don't blame her. Oh, Betty, will you please stop that moaning and groaning? I'll buy Janie another album. And stop looking at me as though I went around beating little children. Yes, Father. Man tries to spend a quiet evening at home, and what happens? Lamps fall down, people stuff records under his cushion. Uh, I'll get it. Uh, Jim, please be careful. Margaret, I don't make a practice of knocking lamps down. Anybody listening to you would think I broke a lamp every day. Yes, dear, but be careful just the same. Never liked a darn lamp anyway. Silliest looking lamp I ever saw in my life. Hello? Yes, I'm still here. Look, Heck, I told you in the very beginning I didn't think I could make it. Well, I did try. I tried everything but chloroform. <laughs> it won't do any good to call me back later. Why don't you just forget the whole thing? Jim! Just a minute, Heck. Uh, what is it, Margaret? Is that Hector again? Yes, dear, it's, uh, uh Hector. Well, Jim, if it's really that urgent, why don't you run over there? You, uh, you wouldn't mind? No, but if they can't get anyone else, why don't you have them come over here for the game? <laughs> uh, the game. Over here? Well, there's no reason why they can't play poker here. Uh, there isn't? Of course not. Oh, well, uh... Say, heck, how about playing over here? It would, huh? Well, fine. Oh, of course not. Margaret won't mind at all. Okay, see you in a little while. Goodbye. Margaret. Yes, Jim? I, uh... Well, you see, I'd forgotten all about this date I had with the boys, and, uh... Well, I told them to get somebody Just else, Just a moment, but, dear. Uh, Bud! You want me, Mom? Yes, dear. I want you to go to the delicatessen. Okay, I'll be down in a minute. Why does he have to go to the delicatessen? 
Well, you'll be busy getting the card things ready, dear, and there isn't a thing in the house. We'll have to serve something. Well, it doesn't have to be anything elaborate. Oh, no, but we'll need a few slices of ham and some liverwurst and bologna and cheese, a few loaves of bread, potato chips, pickles. Why do we need pickles? (laughs) (laughs) There's no sense in running hog wild just because a couple of men are coming over to play poker. I told you at dinner, Margaret, we've got to cut down on our expenses. All right, dear, no pickles. (laughs) After all, Father knows best. (laughs) Well, pickles or no pickles, I'm inclined to think it's Mother knows best. When it comes to shopping for the family groceries. Uh, Take coffee, for instance. Mother knows that when she buys coffee, there's just one thing that means real value. It's the flavor you get for your money that really counts. And these days, she understands it's more important than ever to get the most flavor for every penny you spend. And that's just what you do get in our Maxwell House coffee. You get a full measure of that wonderful Maxwell House flavor. Good to the last drop flavor no other coffee gives you. And that's why more people buy our Maxwell House than any other brand of coffee. So when you put out good money for coffee, be sure you get the most in value, in flavor and freshness. You always will when you open up a pound of Maxwell House, the coffee that's always good to the last drop. The lights are out in the white frame house on Maple Street. The children are asleep, the guests are gone. The last chip has been put away, and the poker game is a thing of the past. Jim. Oh, you're still awake, dear? Yes, I've just been lying here thinking. How did the game go? Fine, just fine. (laughs) I guess I showed that Hector Smith how poker should be played. Bluffed him right out of two of the biggest pots you ever saw. Jim. Yes, dear? You know, I've been wondering about this sudden wave of economy. There isn't anything wrong, is there? Oh, no. I... Well, it was those darn Christmas bills. They really got me down. (laughs) Tonight didn't help much, did it? I mean, we'll have to buy a new lamp and records for Janie. Well, it won't amount to much. No, I suppose not. Including the food and drinks, I figure that the quiet evening at home came to just thirty-two fifty. Thirty-six fifty. No, dear, uh, thirty-two fifty. I can get a new lamp for. Oh, you mean? You. I certainly did. Four dollars? And twenty-two cents. <laughs> Good night, Mark. Good night, dear. Good things the easy way. Instant Maxwell House, that's for you. Good, good 
Yes, instant Maxwell House means great coffee instantly in your cup. Here's real instant coffee. All pure Maxwell House coffee in instant form. Enjoy instant Maxwell House. Instantly. Good to the very last you know what. Join us again next week when we'll be back with Father Knows Best, starring Robert Young as Jim Anderson, with Roy Bargy and the Maxwell House Orchestra, and yours truly, Bill Foreman. Don't forget, membership cards for the Robert Young Good Drivers Club are waiting for you at your local NBC station. Get a man-to-man or dad-to-daughter pledge and sign up today. Be a good driver. Get your membership card in the Robert Young Good Drivers Club today. Now until next Thursday, good night and good luck from the makers of Maxwell House, America's favorite brand of coffee. Always good to the last drop. Father Knows Best was transcribed in Hollywood and written by Ed James. Now stay tuned in for Screen Guild Theater, which follows immediately over most of these stations. Here are three top stars on Screen Guild Theater, next on NBC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.